Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. Hi, everyone. Today in this one-on-one conversation, Lauren and I talk about the minimalist mindset, including the ways this lifestyle influences how we move around in the world and make decisions each day. Because we live this way, sometimes we forget about all the great systems and life hacks we carry out because it's become a way of life for us. And so today we're excited to share some of our minimalist lifestyle habits that help us save time, money, and energy, and give us a space to keep us feeling fulfilled each day. And I should add that in addition to discussing our lifestyle tips and to-dos, we also go into some of the habits to avoid when it comes to living a minimalist lifestyle. Be inspired by our minimalist mindsets and start reaping the great rewards that come with practicing a simpler, more intentional life. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Kelly. It's so nice outside. It's like summer here instantly. Oh my gosh. Our weather around this time is is usually, and we speak in Celsius, usually in the in the low teens. But right now it's 25, 30 degree weather, aka above 80 degrees, and it's summer. There was no spring, really. We went from winter to summer. It's amazing. I know. It's like parka to tank top. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's so interesting. In my closet, I still have all of my winter wear. And so I'm excited to change it up. Because again, I don't know, for those who have listened to our podcast for many years, you know that we change our closet seasonally. So I usually take a Sunday afternoon and I swap it. Have you swapped yours yet? No, I haven't. I'm still wearing winter clothes. I need to switch. I noticed this. It's so funny. Lauren and I are recording and she is in kind of a winter top that I think both of us own. And I'm in a summer top that both of us own. (laughs) I know. I was going to wear an undershirt today because I don't have any summer stuff in my closet yet. I actually went for coffee this morning with our mutual friend, Harry, and I mentioned, oh yeah, do you remember when Lauren and I went to Italy back in 2018 when we actually first started this podcast, Lauren, back in August, 2018? And I was thinking to myself, wow, that's already been five years almost. And he goes, wow, I can't believe it's only been five years. And then I looked at myself in this mirror that was in the coffee shop and I was like, wait, and I'm wearing the same exact outfit I wore in pictures that Lauren and I took. (laughs) so funny. (laughs) I've done that, like worn the same dress five years later. Yeah. And it's a good thing. It's good that we're getting good use out of it. And, and to be honest, I, I remember I bought two pairs of the shorts that I'm wearing right now. So it's good to buy two pairs of something if you really, really like it. So that's a tip that I give a lot of people because sometimes that that thing can go out of style. Yeah. You do that with jeans too, don't you? I do that with jeans. I do that with So every year, and we'll go into it. So I'm so excited to go into our everyday systems. So in the summer months, my closet is quite neutral, basic. Every year I buy a clean white shoe, like a Converse, because I will wear that Converse for miles and miles all summer. So I get really good use out of it. And so I get a new pair every year. And I also buy a white shirt and a black shirt and maybe a color shirt. And they're all t-shirts and I'll buy a fresh pair every year. And sometimes I can get two years out of it, which is great, but I wear them all the time. And again, it reduces decision-making in the morning, which is awesome. Yeah, no kidding. I'm the same, no matter how good of a pair of shoes I buy, I always, it only lasts me a year because we walk so much in Toronto. 
we walk everywhere. Uh, I love that about our city. I love the fact that we live in a walking city. It's it's so nice, especially today. It's hard being inside yeah. right now. I'm not going to lie. I wish I could record outside, but then you would hear all the wind and the construction because Toronto only has two seasons, winter and construction. Yeah, I know. But I feel like that's probably the routine I've nailed the most is the clothing side of it. And you know, twice a year, making those 10 to 15 outfits for fall and winter or spring and summer and just wearing them on rotation and knowing exactly what I need and not just aimlessly shopping anymore, buying too many clothes. So there's any routine I've, I feel like we've gotten down pat. It's definitely the clothing one. Yeah. And it actually goes into our first point today that we want to talk about. So when it comes to the minimalist mindset, the whole idea of less is more and focusing on higher quality things when we do buy things. When we purchase things, we purchase things mindfully. And so for me, I think about, okay, what are my everyday purchases? So household items and hygiene products. So, you know, the shampoos, the soaps, the face washes, the moisturizers, but also the dish soap and the detergent. Like you, Lauren, I have learned, and I really learned this from you. I try to use the things that I have first before I buy a new one. Because a lot of the times we'll buy one thing and then we're like, ah, we don't really like it. So I'm going to buy a new thing. And then that other thing sits there, collects dust. So for specific items like moisturizers and face washes, I try not to buy new things if I haven't used the other things, but I will buy two of things that I know that I will consistently use. So I tend to buy in bulk for things like soaps and shampoos because I know that I'm using the same one every time. But sometimes we can get stuck in that trap of buying other things like, oh, there's a new version. Oh, I want to try that. I want to try that. Make sure you use what you have first. I, I learned the hard way. I used to underbuy. <laughs> so this is one of the things that I suggest you avoid when it comes to this lifestyle is Sometimes you just buy one of one thing because you don't want to house the other thing, or maybe it's the first time you're, but if it's the first time you're trying it, I get it. You just want to buy it once. But if you bought it before and you know you're going to use it, definitely buy it in bulk. It will also save you money. I feel like I cannot buy two of things. I have that <laughs> rule. I'm like, you have to finish it if you want to try something else. And there was one time I bought two bottles of the same foundation. I'm like, I know I'll use it. And I got like a third way through the bottle. I'm like, I don't like this foundation anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you got to get through those two bottles. <laughs> That's good like, that you did yeah. that though. Oh, I forced myself to because the next time you go to buy something and you're like, okay, do I really want this? Am I going to finish it? And if you force yourself to finish it, it'll stop you from buying it. But the biggest thing I do with my makeup, though, is I do my makeup the same every day. That's great. Which keeps the products down so much. Like, I feel like people want so many different eyeshadow colors and lipstick colors. And if I'm going to need my makeup professionally done where you need so many products, I will just go get it professionally done instead of spending or buying all of these products. I'm probably only going to use once a year. So I feel like that's my biggest tip with makeup is just do your makeup the same every day. If you're going to go out that night or go to a wedding or something important, you can just wear a bit more makeup, wear more eyeliner, more mascara, more lipstick, more bronzer, and then maybe lighter through the day. Being consistent with that routine and with your makeup can definitely keep your products down. And even with products too, like shampoos, conditioners, soaps, you can double up on products. 
I use my body wash to shave and I use my face wash to take my makeup off. Like you don't need something for everything. Mm, That's a really, really good point. I love an all-in-one option. I always try to look for those. I try to also look for those in a shoe, but it doesn't always work for me. (laughs) (laughs) I wish there were more options like that. You know, another tip I have is, you know, some of us, we have more, so more makeup products, maybe more hygiene products that we use at a certain time, like let's say exfoliator that we only use once a week. Try to put those things away in another area so that you don't have to look at them every single day. Have the products that you use on a daily basis out or at arm's reach versus having everything there. Maybe you only use those extra makeup items once every once a month or once every couple months, store those away. You don't need to look at them every day. Sometimes I'll, I'll go in. I, I mean, I used to go into my makeup bag and just feel like overwhelmed. I can't reach that thing at the bottom. You know, you won't, you won't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah. And there's so many products that people have a bunch of like hair brushes, elastics, perfumes. Like you only, I know people you lose elastics a lot, but you know, you really only need one or two brushes, maybe like a comb and a round brush or like one bottle of perfume until it runs out by the next one. Mm -hmm. There's so many simple ways to simplify your products, but I know it's a big issue with a lot of people. And it's because there's so many options out there and so many things that you can test and, you know, everything's better and does something different. So I definitely feel the pain with having to minimize products and makeup. Yeah. Check out my episode with uh, Barry Schwartz. We talk about the paradox of choice and how to manage that. Now, I also want to talk about when it comes to shopping for food and clothes. So when it comes to food, a lot of people ask me, like, how do you how do you shop with greater intention? Well, I always look at prices. I grew up with a family who always looked at the prices. So I will compare before I buy. And I find that a lot of grocery stores, food shops, they have a loyalty program for points and whatnot. But really look into them before you sign up because you'll you, sometimes they give you a bunch of spam emails. I try to avoid those point programs because I've found that the majority take more of my time than they do save me money. <laughs> I also hi- highly suggest, again, buy in bulk for certain products that you know that you're going to be using, those consistent products. Also, you know, it's almost summer here. I recommend farmer's markets as well. There's fruits and vegetables that are probably more reasonably priced, which is fantastic. And when it comes to clothes. So I, like you, we like to focus on high quality items that will last us a long time, that will go through the wash hundreds of times and still look new. So we will pay a little bit more for something that's going to last us longer. But I usually try not to buy things on full price unless I really need to. I worked in retail in my early years. And I remember when we used to mark things down in half. And I thought to myself, wow, why would someone ever buy this at full price? But again, sometimes if it's something that we know that we really need and we will use, we will buy it at full price. And that's something that I do do. And I also want to talk about impulse buying, Lauren, because I find it's everywhere. It's online. It's in store. In store, you go to buy something and then you're in line and you see all these goodies. And for me, especially at HomeSense and Marshalls and all winners, all these stores, I'm like, ooh, all these snacks and all these different little gadgets. And sometimes, or I used to, I used to impulse buy a lot because My mom loves to do that too. 
And so, but I've since learned, I've realized, okay, do I really, really need this? And especially online, you'll go to buy something and you'll say, oh, only two left. And when it does that, it really triggers something in you. It makes you think, oh, I got to buy that thing, you know, especially when it comes to flights or tickets or clothes or other things. So I want to tell you, I just listened to a podcast by Patrick J. McGinnis. He coined the word FOMO. I interviewed him in the past and he interviewed a lady named Mindy Weinstein. And she wrote a book called The Power of Scarcity, How the Science of Less Can Help You Achieve More. And she talks about how when we find ourselves in a situation where we're about to make an impulse purchase, she suggests that we should stop for a second and ask ourselves, is this something I really need or something I think I should buy because it's about to be gone? Because sometimes we'll do that. We're like, oh, yeah, there's only two left. Like, But you never know. There might be a bunch more the next week. You don't know, Right. And sometimes it's false scarcity she talks about. Sometimes it's like, oh, there's only two left. When really maybe there are more, but they're just trying to scare you so that you can get it, you get it faster or buy it faster. And when she said that, I was walking the street and it made me think of back in the day when we'd have to wait in line to go into a club and then we get in the club and there's hardly anybody there. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) it's like that scares me mind it's like oh it's a long line it must be a good place and you get in you're like oh it's dead it's all of a song <laughs> so true and that's where the want list comes in like if you see something instead of buying it just put it on the notes section on your phone on the want list and be like if you still want it in 30 days you're probably not going to want some trinket at checkout in 30 days you'll have long forgotten about it yep there's so many times we have a home sense in Toronto. I know what you're talking about. There's those like aisles of stuff while you're waiting in line. But I, I feel like when I'm like, oh, I want to buy that. And then I stop myself. I'm like, no, I don't need it. I'm like, oh, that feels good that I said no. Yep. Doesn't it? It, it feels so good. Yeah. When you like have that discipline to step back and be like, I don't need that. <laughs> Especially when you know how much it costs and you leave the store feeling like I just saved $20. Yeah, I know. No, that's so true. It It's hard with clothes, though. And I feel like, you know, now that we're going into summer, there's so many events coming up and people do more, you know, dinners and weddings. And you're constantly like, I need an outfit for tonight. But it's always just for tonight. You never think about what do I actually need for the year and for work and that would fit in my closet and I would get a lot of use out like it's so immediate. So That's why putting together that kind of dress section in your closet and having those few outfits, you can rotate for the events instead of always going to the mall. I also suggest do not use the mall as a form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. I feel like people just like, they're like, oh, it's Sunday. I'll go like browse around the mall with a coffee. It's it's never a good idea to do that (laughs) unless it's a bookstore. If you're going to walk around a bookstore and look at books, I think that's fine. But to just walk around and look at home decor and clothes and stuff, you're probably going to end up buying stuff that you don't need. (laughs) Well, I would add that window shopping is okay. And I think that you and I are really, really good at that. So it's, it's good to go out there and look at what's out there, but be mindful. And I think, again, if you have an awareness of what you already own in your closet, you'll be less likely to make an impulse purchase or buy something that, you know, you maybe will only wear for one night. So, but I like your point on how, let's say I have a wedding come up, coming up in June and I'm like, I want a beautiful summer dress and I am going to buy a new one because I do need a new one. But I thought to myself, 
don't just buy that one for that one event buy something yeah. that you'll wear on other events as well yeah that's so smart and it's so important it's like okay, I'm going to buy this for the wedding. What else can I wear it to? Can I wear it to dinners? Can I wear it to another wedding? Can I wear it to other events? And that's when you'll really get use out of it. Am I going to like this next year? Am I going to like this in other seasons? Can I take it on vacation? Like it's those questions that you ask yourself that can make you so intentional with your wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I th find that a lot of people or a lot of us will, will buy things thinking, oh yeah, you know, I need that thing when they maybe already own that thing. And Something I want to touch on is how for me, and this is my father's mentality, it's always, oh, we have a we have kitchen cabinets. We have a floor. Why do we need a new one? You know, we have this, we have this. Why do we need a new one? So I definitely adopted that same mindset. That being said, I do like a modern, new, a clean aesthetic. But I've learned that sometimes if things are really worn out, you do need to replace them. So I have a funny example. So I bought a cheap bed eight years ago. And six months ago, when I moved to this apartment, the movers said to me, they said, hey, your bed is broken. You realize that, right? And I was like, yeah, I realize that. Parts of it were broken, but I was like, yeah, whatever. He's like, one day you're going to wake up. And your bed's, or you're in the middle of the night, your bed's just going to crash. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It still works. So let's just keep it. And the other day sat on it and it completely broke, just fell to the <laughs> ground. <laughs> and it was so funny. But I mean, so I learned my lesson. I knew it was on its last leg. I should have bought a new one sooner. But that being said, I do need to buy a new one now. And I'm going through the whole paradox of choice now. There's so many options out there. It's so hard to make a decision. But one thing that I know I'm going to do is buy something of higher quality that will last a long, long time. So that is my goal. Again, with this lifestyle, we the biggest misconception is that we buy things that are kind of cheap or whatever. Absolutely not we buy high quality things. We're willing to spend a little bit more money for things that are going to last a long time. Again, think about price per wear or price per use. And so, yeah, so I was, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy, I'm not going to specify the brand that I had, but I'm definitely going to buy a higher quality brand. Well, if it wasn't that expensive and you got eight years out of it, that's still pretty good. It's still pretty good. I agree. I mean, you were like walking on black ice the last couple of years. <laughs> I was, I was. So that's one of the pitfalls of this lifestyle. Sometimes I think, oh, you know, I don't need a new X. I can just use it until it's dead. But then when it's dead, you're kind of like, oh no, what am I going to do? I actually yeah. had to sleep in my living room that night. So that's not fun. <laughs> Is your mattress just on the floor now? No, my, I, I luckily am old school. I have a box spring. So my uh, bed is a little bit higher than most, but searching for beds right now, I realize that everybody loves to sleep on super low beds. It's a, it's a thing. It's a trend. I don't love it. I like a high bed and it's so hard to find. But anyways, I will find it. People are going to think you, you don't have a bed frame because you're a minimalist. <laughs> I know. I know. I honestly, I was, my place is so minimal right now. And I, I, I will go into it, but it's very basic. I, I have, you know, a couch, a standing desk for our recordings and the work that I do. I have a little bedroom, kitchen, island, bathroom, closet, but I accessorize it with neutrals to keep it looking modern and airy. And it's also warm and cozy too, a little bit. And I, I keep candles around my place that say relax and calm. And I actually have a big picture that says calm. Do you remember that picture? 
I just yeah. put it up near my my hallway. It's just when you walk in here, you I want to feel I want everyone to feel a sense of calm. And I really think that my space gives me a sense of focus and that clarity to be creative in the work that I do because there isn't much distraction. Again, it's very much black and white, but then I have accents of like sustainable accents, wood, plants, flowers. There's flowers right behind me. They're so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Started to do that more. And uh, yeah, I mean, my, my daily routine, you know, part of this lifestyle is keeping my place clutter free. So whenever I do something, I put it away. You know, I let's say I move around, I move around some pillows and some blankets. I put them away right after. It's just, it becomes a part of the routine. Sometimes I don't even realize I'm doing it. I have friends over and I'm putting my pillows back and my blankets back and people will point out, oh, wow, you're on it. It's like, oh, I didn't even realize it's what I do. Yeah. I feel like I'm not as good as cleaning up after myself. I'm more, I find a time in the day and put everything back. (laughs) Whatever works for you. Everyone is different, but I guess I, I love the idea of a fresh new start the next day. So especially at night, I make sure that I clean up so that when I wake up in the morning, the countertops are clear, everything's fresh, a new day begins. I remember when we were in Italy, actually, when we started this podcast, I would be going to bed and Kelly would be like putting everything away in the hotel room. And I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I could never do that at night. I just shower and fall asleep. (laughs) That's where we're different, which is cute. But then then I'm sleeping in and you're running around at 6 a.m. Yeah. I'm up at 5 a.m. like washing my clothes. Exactly. Washing (laughs) washing your underwear because you didn't bring enough pairs. (laughs) (laughs) By accident. Yeah. Um, but I do the same with my food as I do my clothes. Like I just have a few meals that I make on rotation too. And I feel like then I, when I go to the grocery store, I'm like, I just need to buy these ingredients for these meals. And I don't have all these extra random ingredients in my fridge. And so if you can really find, if like you're able to wear the same outfits over and make the same meals over, you can streamline those two areas of your life so nicely without buying stuff you're not using. And, you know, if you can get some really great outfits and cook some really great meals, it's actually really enjoyable to do it than always trying to frantically put together an outfit or something to eat last minute. Yeah, so true. If if, yeah. if, if fashion isn't a big part of your life or cooking isn't a big part of your life, streamline it that way. But again, if it is a big part of your life, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Be creative in those areas. And my favorite book, Lessons from Madame Chic, I've mentioned it a bunch of times, the girl in it that she talks about the very traditional Parisian, it's like very French to have a few recipes that you Mm. make so well with really good ingredients that you just eat on rotation and to just have a few pieces of really good quality clothing that you wear on rotation. That's like how they live their life. So it always inspired me to um, do that. I actually just watched the movie Midnight in Paris. Oh, yeah. It's so beautiful. So you're sorry. You're speaking of the Parisian lifestyle. I'm just like, oh, Oh, it's the best there. Yeah. (laughs) For any of our listeners who live there. Oh, we're jealous. We're jealous. (laughs) We're definitely envious. But back to our closet. So we've talked about the capsule wardrobe many, many times. Uh, we, We also touched on it on how we're, we change it seasonally and how you actually organize by your outfits. I organize by our categories. So as many of you know, we, 
we created uh, closet dividers divided by seven categories. And so I will put shorts and shirts and pants between different dividers and you'll actually create physical outfits, but I find that I mix and match my clothes often. So I don't do it specifically by outfits, but it still works for me. But if you are looking to pare down the clothes in your closet and really get a handle on your personal style, definitely check out our closet e-guide that we created and you can find it at mastersimplicity.com. And we will include that in the show notes, of course. Yeah, that helps simplify the wardrobe so much. And there's so many random pieces like gifts and sentimental items we talk about. So it's a really great guide. Yeah, exactly. We we not only share the five-step process, but we also share a maintenance guide, how to maintain it that you can keep it clean and consistent. And I really love the fact that there is a questionnaire integrated into it to really help you reflect on your needs in your closet and to help you really uncover your personal style. I was so confused about my style before we created this kit. And now it's, I definitely have a better handle on it. And I actually feel more comfortable in my clothes and my style today. Yeah, it's so true. It's like there's nothing wrong with venturing out with different new trends that maybe you want to try, but knowing what clothes you feel best in and the style that you love makes it so much easier to shop and get dressed and feel good and confident every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the biggest parts about this lifestyle and this mindset is that we really appreciate a sense of space. So I talked about my place and how it's very airy and just very calming. And of course, we've streamlined our closets, the way we eat. The other I want to talk about is our mental space. So I really prioritize daily reflection. I either set aside time to meditate, I lay down, or I go for a walk to clear my mind, even if that means for 10 to 15 minutes. You just really, really need that reset. I integrate it into my calendar every day, as many of you know. And I usually go for 30 minutes to an hour in the morning just to wake myself up. But that daily pause is so important because I really think it helps us challenge or face our thoughts and reflect on what's working and what's not. And it allows us to, in many ways, offload the thoughts that aren't serving us. And one of the books that I actually started reading recently again is Stolen Focus by Johan Hari, which you recommended to me, Lauren. It's just so so beautiful. Yeah, it's so it's such an important read, I would say. And as we've mentioned before, we're both speaking to therapists right now, and I found it super helpful. And it's something that I look forward to every week It's in my calendar every week. I'm like, ah, that 45 minutes where I can just lay it all out there. But admittedly, sometimes I will go into the meeting thinking, oh, well, I feel great today. I don't know what I want to talk about. And then I go into talking with her. And all of a sudden, all this stuff comes pouring out. I'm like, where did this come from? (laughs) It's so true, though. Like, you don't, of course, there are specific reasons why you want to speak with someone, but sometimes there doesn't even need to be a reason. Sometimes you just, you can have the happiest day, but then speak with someone and be able to release those thoughts. And then you realize, oh, there is something that's bothering me or, or, oh, this is something that I didn't think about, but I do want to talk to somebody about. And Having a fly on the wall, it's the best feeling in the world. And we use BetterHelp. We've talked about BetterHelp. It's honestly the best service. I love it. You can speak to your therapist through video or phone. I love to do it through the phone because I can pace around my apartment or go for a walk outside in the sun and speak with her. It's it's amazing. And you can change your therapist at any time. 
And yeah, I love it. And again, if, if you want to sign up, we, we do have a link. It's betterhelp.com slash minimalists. And that's minimalist plural. And I will include that in the show notes as well. But I, I want to also mention that anxiety is one of the reasons why I want to speak with a therapist, because I find that I feel very anxious sometimes and I overwork myself and I'm not the best when it comes to decision-making in certain areas of my life. So I'm working through those things with my therapist and I find it super helpful. And if anxiety is something that you also struggle with in ways, I highly recommend our past episode with Dr. Judd Brewer. He is a neuroscientist and he wrote a book called Unwind Your Anxiety and it's episode 133. So check that out. Yeah, I just had my therapy section actually right before we recorded this. <laughs> oh wow, no kidding. Yeah, How did it, it go? Was good. It was really good. Um, it's so funny that you said, you know, you go in today, I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna talk about. And yeah. then it's like all the issues arise and you're like, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'll be able to find something. But no, it's so good. I've you know, it, it's so we're so lucky to have access to these types of services. And if you can really get into therapy for like a year or two, like it can drastically change how you think for the rest of your life. So, mm. I mean, I guess that's kind of my goal is to like change that thought process and challenge those negative thoughts and like find ways to cope with my anxiety and overwhelm. And, you know, I actually, I was going to say with the wardrobe thing, I want to wear more color this spring and summer. Like that's one of my goals. And one of my goals with anxiety I, I need to do that 10 minutes every day. And I'm so bad at it. Like, I'm always like, I'm going to do it and I'll do it for a few days and then I stop. But it's just so important to like have that silence, whatever that silence is, just making sure you do it every day. And another thing I realized it was just Easter over the, we just had Easter last week and I just had too many back-to-back -back social events. And then I agreed to go to a dinner last night too. And I was sitting there and I was so tired and I was, in a bad mood. And I'm like, I need to stop doing too many social events because it, it's just too much for me. And then I, I need to like refill my cup. And I, I don't know how to tell people. No, I feel like I should just tell them I'll come, but like, I'm not going to be in a good mood and you're going to wish I wasn't there. <laughs> I actually find that you are better at telling people no these days. I find that, I mean, I've known you for so long now. I've known you since yeah. 2014 and you are so much better at setting boundaries. And that is an area with this lifestyle that we really, really value. We are not afraid of setting boundaries and saying no. We're learning yeah. to not be afraid. You know, not, 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 not just with our phone, setting boundaries around our phone, but with our friends and our family. And I think it's okay to recognize, you know, you get invited to a party or a dinner you know, if it's Easter, it's a little bit different, but even just throughout the week, you're like, okay, well, I have X event tomorrow or work meeting. I'm probably not going to go out tonight. Even though my friends invited me, I just need to be more mindful. So, and you don't even need to give a reason why most of the time. So a lot of people, they feel the need to be like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Sometimes you just need a night to yourself and that's okay. Yeah. They're like, can you come to this dinner? I'm like, no, I'm going to sit in a room by myself and watch YouTube videos and stare at the wall. Uh, what? <laughs> that's okay. That's what you actually want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel my cup. I find boundaries hard though, because I normally want to go. Like I want to see my friends. I want to mm -hmm. see my family. I want to go to events. Like I want to do it all. It's just, 
I get tired and then I get grumpy and then it affects the rest of the stuff. So you do have to pick and choose. I actually was reading the website scienceofpeople.com and they were saying having personal boundaries are the root of a fulfilled and balanced life and they help you to def- define what you're willing to say yes and what you decide to say no to. So mm. it's so interesting learning about boundaries. It's not something I really think about. It's just something after I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done all that. Like that was kind of exhausting. Yeah. But, you, um, should, you should read the book yeah. of boundaries. It's really good. Oh, I'm in the midst of it. Yeah. Super helpful. Oh, good. I will. But just, and I feel like just to define boundaries too, it's like, you know, your emotional energy and your time and it's boundaries with friends and families and coworkers and in relationships. And I don't know, it, it is definitely an area that I need to work on and I struggle in, but I, I struggle with it because I, I do want to do a lot of things. It's just hard mm-hmm. figuring out what that is. I think you need to listen to our past episode with Patrick J. McGinnis about FOMO. <laughs> I think you have a little bit of FOMO, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, I do get FOMO. <laughs> especially with the sun outside. I definitely feel a little bit of FOMO, especially when you're working inside and it's a beautiful sunny day, especially as a Canadian when you don't get this much sun often. <laughs> feel like you need to take advantage of it. But in terms of boundaries, also with toxic relationships, we've had a few listeners send us emails about this. What do you do in this situation? You know, sometimes you have to part ways. For me, I always try to see the best in everyone. Try to see the best in everyone. Want to be everyone's friend, but you don't need to be everyone's friend. And sometimes people just don't click, just like with dating and relationships. Sometimes just don't click, so don't force it. And sometimes people's negative energies, and especially if it's a family member, someone close to you that unfortunately you do need, or a colleague that you do actually need to spend time with, just learn how to manage it. Just learn how to manage it. Over the years, I've learned how to manage certain people in my life and it's made me happier. You know, if you put the stress on yourself, you're going to be feeling added stress and they're not feeling that stress. You're putting that stress on yourself. So be mindful of that. One of the other boundaries that I set is on myself. I set a boundary with myself. I've learned to, and I talk about this with my therapist all the time. I overwork myself all the time. And so I need to start telling myself, no, I work from home. I could technically work from when I wake up till when I go to bed. And sometimes I find myself doing that because there's no boundary. I'm not leaving an office. I'm in the same place. So I have to set those boundaries for myself, right? So working for yourself takes discipline, but working for yourself and stopping yourself also takes discipline. So that's something that I've recognized. No, it's so true. I feel like I'm like you, like I work from home or if I do go into the office, it's at my own discretion. So I'll just work all day, every day, unless there's something else to do. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I be working? What else is there to do? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But no, you, you definitely, I never thought of boundaries with myself. Yeah. You have to all the time. Except with like cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know that you're good at that, Lauren, aren't you? Yeah, I try not to keep them in the house. It makes well, boundaries I, easier. But I remember you telling me a story where I think they were Girl Guy cookies. I love Girl Guy cookies. Oh my gosh, they're the best. But you had put them up in a higher cupboard and then you took a chair. Didn't you fall or something? What happened? Oh, yeah. I tried to hide cookies because I couldn't stop eating them. I love cookies. But yeah, and then I got the chair out to get them. I'm like, I want more. I don't care. And I went through the chair. It was like a wicker one. It was so embarrassing. 
But when I was in Girl Guides, I loved their Girl Guide Thin Mint Chip Cookies. I would sell them. But I came home one night and I ate like three boxes and my parents had to pay for them. (laughs) And they're like, Lauren, you're supposed to be selling these. I'm like, well, I guess you just bought three. But I was a weird kid. Um, No, it's hard with boundaries, too. I feel like you also have to find what's comfortable with you to express your boundary, like with a coworker or a friend or in a relationship, because not Mm -hmm. everyone can just sit down and be like, hey, I don't have enough time to like hang out with you or talk to you or like whatever it is. You have to find what's comfortable. And sometimes for me, it's just being like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy with work. Even if I'm not, I just I'm tired. You know, to be honest, I think that especially with those who you are close with, it's okay to just say no without any explanation or you can just be honest. Honesty yeah. is not about like, I think it's always better to just be honest, especially with those close to you. Yeah, you know, other people, maybe let's say you're dating someone and you, you're just too tired and you just say, oh no, I can't tonight. That's okay. Just say I can't tonight. Yeah. Just say I can't tonight. That's okay. You don't need to. I find that um, sometimes when you fib, it comes back to you. So it's better to be as honest as you can. But uh, sometimes things are personal reasons, right? So you don't really want to talk about it. And you kind of want to cover up, which is which is just fine as well. You can just text them no with a period. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I yeah. thought about that. If it was Imagine- that easy. Imagine it was if it that was that easy in life. We could just say no. Like, that and would people be didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Especially over text. That would just sound so terrible. <laughs> hey, Lauren, are you coming tonight? No, period. No. Hey, Lauren, like it's my birthday this weekend. Like I'm having an event at this time. Want to come? No, period. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why it's hard. Like I, I see why people it's like an area they struggle in because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people are sensitive. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I think uh, actually I'll share another funny, funny story. So we have a lot of bridal showers and baby showers and it's funny. So I committed to a couple and on one of the platforms, it said, oh, create your event now. And I was like, oh, what would I create? (laughs) Not married, no kids. I was like, oh, well, why don't I create a single party? (laughs) Just make a single, single lady party celebration for myself and invite all my friends. And anyways, I told you and I thought that was really funny. But uh, but yeah, people would just, love that. I know, just as a funny joke, and just send it to all my friends. <laughs> Let's celebrate <laughs> my my single life celebration. <laughs> so but anyways, true. I wanted to also talk about our stuff. So back to the idea that we appreciate space in this lifestyle. Something I've noticed over the years is I only own a select number of bags that I use every day a backpack. I have a crossbody bag. I have a little bag from Lululemon that I use every day when I'm not carrying a lot. But I've noticed that a lot of us, we carry more than we need to. (laughs) We stuff our bags with all these things and we carry them around every day, but we're not using them. So I highly recommend that you sort through your everyday bag or your purse. So I've, I've started to pare down the items in mine. And I've noticed that I carry a lot of extra things myself, like pens, receipts, lipsticks, you know, darker lipsticks that are for more for winter than they are summer. So it's something to definitely think about. I think we 
we end up getting lost and, you know, everybody's always like rummaging through their bag. Oh, where's this? Where's this? You know, it's, it's better if you, less is more, less is more, less time consuming, looking for those things at the bottom of your bag. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the bags is an area I have not mastered. Mm. I like, I have my work bag and then I have a nice bag and that's it. Like, I don't really have that in between. I need a crossbody bag or that's why I like about winter. I can just put my cell phone and credit card in my pockets, my winter coat pockets. Yeah. <laughs> now that it's summer. I'm, no, I definitely struggle with that of not having a bag. I remember when I was 25, I just had a briefcase and I would take it everywhere. I would take it to work. I would take it to dinner. I took it to the beach one day and someone was like, <laughs> what are you doing? And I'm like, this is the only bag that I have. I'm like, it's very versatile. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not, Lauren. I remember that the first time I met you, I was looking at an apartment because you're a real estate agent and you would, you were showing me and you had that briefcase in hand and you would bring it everywhere. <laughs> So funny. So weird. But no, I've definitely moved on from the briefcase. You have. You have. You now have a nice high quality purse, which is a smart purchase because you'll have it forever, which is good. Forever. Yeah. So one thing that I wanted to mention is that we also in this lifestyle, we love to make lists. You touched on our wants and needs lists earlier. So I keep that active in my bookmarks bar in Chrome on my computer. I have a wants list and I have a needs list. I also have it in the notes section in my phone. And so it's just a reminder, hey, these are the things I need. So when I'm out shopping, these are the things I need to get. And then these are the nice to haves, the wants, the things that I may not want tomorrow or the next day. And my wants list, I'm just looking at it now. I have over 30 different items in this bookmarked. And honestly, I would probably only want one of one or two of the things. Yeah, I, I need to clean this up. So this is what's helpful in creating those lists. You know, the daily to do's I have my calendar, but I also have my bullet journal, which we've talked about many times. I also use the sticky notes on my Apple computer. Love it. You can create these virtual sticky notes. So you can open them and close them. I use those. And every day in my calendar, I make sure that I accomplish three things, work, exercise, and social. So I, 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 I do some, I do work for the day. I, I incorporate a mental and physical fitness activity each day. And I do something social. So I call a friend, I see a friend, some type of interaction with another human being. So Back to the um, want list. I want to say this too, because it's so important. It can help you decide, say, I, I'm just going to give this as an example, but mm -hmm. we interviewed the dermatologist who studied at Harvard. It was one yeah. of our past episodes. And she said that one of the best things you can do is use retinol cream. So I wrote down retinol on my want list. And every few weeks or a week or two, I would change the brand. I'd be like, oh, I want this one from Amazon. Oh, no, I want skin SkinCeuticals now. And I kept changing which one that I wanted. And I ended up finally just going to the doctors and getting a prescription for a, a retinoid, a, a different type of one. But I'm like, I'm so glad that I put that on my want list, did my research, mm. figured out exactly which one I wanted as opposed to just being like, okay, I want this and buying it immediately instead of because I would have maybe bought in two or three of them and had to test a bunch of them. So if there's something you want, like maybe you want a bag or maybe you, like for you, Kelly, you want that dress for the wedding, really deciding what dress you want or, or what brand you want or what color you want 
Mm -hmm. instead of just buying it. Another thing that's great with the want list too is that you'll go back in a couple of weeks or a month and be like, oh, I don't want that anymore. I'm so glad I didn't buy it or else I would either have to try to return it or sell it or donate it. And it's just nice not having to, it's it's a lot easier deleting something off of a notes pad than trying to return it past the return date. So it's true. I highly suggest using that. Yeah. For my calendar, I'm like you too, Kelly. I wake up every morning and I, I do that. I make that plan for the day, the schedule. And even if it's a weekend, I'll just do a little bit of work, even just a couple of hours. And yeah, I try to do an hour of exercise every day, but my calendar, I just use to schedule things in. And then I have my like daily plan that I do every day. And I kind of base that daily plan around my goals, my long-term goals, what I want to accomplish short-term, like what do I have coming up that week and next week that I need to work on and prepare for. So be mindful of both. I feel like we live in such a society where everything is like last minute. It's like, I got a meeting in two hours. I got to prep for it. It's like, okay, but where do you want to be in 20 years? Are you working on that too? Yeah. (laughs) So just like be be mindful or you're always going to be maybe in that job you don't like in those meetings you don't want to be in because all you're doing is prepping for that. Living day by day. Yeah. It's like paycheck to paycheck, you know, it's like the same analogy. You're just not thinking long-term, but that's definitely how I base it around. Also to make things easier, I try to pair stuff. Like I pay my bills on the first and 15th of every month, or I'll do certain things on certain days of the week. So I don't have to think about them or write them down or make lists on them. I'm like, Oh, it's Sunday. I'm going to clean or, you know, it's May 1st. I'm going to pay my credit card. It just comes more naturally instead of having to like schedule everything. Hmm. That's great. You actually inspired me to do the same. So pay my bills on the first and the fifteenth. I've started to do that as well. Okay. Good. You always beat me to our joint credit card. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I paid the credit card. I'm like it's not the fifteenth. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I will do that. Yeah. <laughs> because I used to just be on top of it. I, I would just think about it naturally in my mind every few days. And I don't like the idea of debt. So I always pay things off as soon as I buy them as much as possible. I try to do that. I I find it really, really helps me mentally. It's like, oh, you bought this? It's on a credit card, but you also paid for it immediately after. So <laughs> it's yeah, that's no true. Debt. I guess that it's more like it brings more awareness to your spending. Totally. It does. Then you're like, oh, yeah. Because sometimes you pay for it, it's on your credit card, you just don't think about it. Also, bringing cash to buy things is also super helpful. We've talked about that before. Yeah, but and then you still get the credit card points. So it's like a win-win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now we can go into morning and nighttime routines. My morning routine has actually changed for the first time in a decade. (laughs) Ooh, what does that look like? So I would always wake up, read, work out and get ready. And I stopped working out in the morning. I started doing it more on like my lunch break or going for a walk in the evening because I I felt like actually I have a quote I want to read. But when I wake up in the morning, I have so much energy. I'm so sharp. My mind, I'm so creative. And I'm like, I need to put those hours into creative work and my most important work and like strolling down lakefront is not the best use of my time that's a good point yep so I want to read this quote from a book so it's so good this is how to fail at everything and still win big it's by Scott Adams he was a big cartoonist 
And he said, one of the most important tricks for maximizing your productivity involves matching your mental state to the task. For example, when I first wake up, my brain is relaxed and creative. The thought of writing a comic is fun. It's relatively easy because my brain is in exactly the right mode for this task. I know from experience that trying to be creative in the mid-afternoon is a waste of time. So I really took this and I was like, I I like to still wake up, read, you know, it wakes me up, I get ready, and then I get I get to work. And it's kind of in that afternoon slump around 12 or 1. That's when I can do a ballet workout or go for a walk. And that will help replenish my energy. So I moving those things around, like you should really reassess your morning and evening routine every once in a while to see if it's benefiting you. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. So again, you do your best work in the morning. Yeah, I know you're at night. Yeah, no, I'm definitely more night, but you're, I'm glad that you did make, make that transition. You're like, now I have more time in the morning to focus on, or you to use my creative skills, to use, to let out those creative juices in the morning versus exercising. No, that's great. I mean, yeah, for me, I do need that exercise. I do need that boost in the morning. Well, as much as I can work in the morning, I don't enjoy it as much because mentally I'm like, oh, you haven't been active yet. You got to move your body first. So for me, I prefer to move my body in the morning and then in the evening, I will do that, that deep work. So it's interesting. It's good to be mindful about how you function. If that works for you, I also need a little bit of pick me up in the afternoon. So I go in the morning in the afternoon. I need to also go for a 15, 20 minute, half an hour walk just for some mental clarity and just to move. And maybe it's because I, I was an athlete growing up. So playing in all these sports, I just feel like I need to move. And if I'm not moving, I just feel, feel sedentary. I feel my mind just gets blah. I'm just less excited and creative and Again, I feed off other people's energy too, right? So to listen to a podcast for a half an hour and then come back and do my work, it just helps me focus better. But that's fascinating. I'm I'm glad that you found that, Lauren. That's smart. Yeah. See, I'm so the opposite. I'd be out walking in the morning. I'm like, you should be working. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) But then in the evening, I can like put on a podcast and go for a nice walk. And it's like, oh, my work's done for the day. I can just enjoy this walk. It's relaxing. So it just goes to show you like we're opposite. Like you really got to find what works for you. This is why we work together well together as podcasters. Yeah. We just have to do it in the middle of the day. Yeah. To compromise. (laughs) Um, I want to hear your night routine. So yeah. So, so yeah, my night routine. So I get ready for bed. I put my phone away during that time. So taking off my makeup, whatever, putting on my PJs. Then I actually review my tasks for the next day in my calendar. I usually look at my calendar at my work calendar just to check it out my bullet journal as well and then I set my alarm on my phone and I let it charge while I'm sleeping now I still charge my phone beside my bed ideally I get a separate alarm clock to wake up to and that's something that I'm looking into right now but in terms of my morning routine I as I said I try to be active in the morning first thing I do in the morning is I make my bed first accomplishment I drink water drink my athletic greens then I shower get dressed ready And then I go out to the streets and I go for either a Barry's workout or I go for a walk and I listen to a podcast or an audiobook. That's my routine. And, you know, I touched on athletic greens. I also have breakfast in the morning. Breakfast to me is, it just wakes me up, makes me feel good. 
I'm very hungry when I wake up. I think some people aren't. I do make a coffee with bulletproof oil, MCT oil. I use MCT oil. They say it's good for your brain health. I use it because it helps me maintain my weight and keep my weight up. Uh, I'm someone who needs to keep their weight up. So I add oil to my coffee and I, I want to go into my nutrition routine a little bit. So I would say that I have a balanced diet because I'm working out more. I'm trying to eat a little bit more protein. I have protein shakes now in the afternoon with my snack and uh, I I kind of feel and feel and see the benefits, which is good. And I think you've heard of this, Lauren, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I took a Viome test many years ago. And I took it a second time and it's an at-home mRNA gut and health test. And it analyzes your genes to tell you what foods work for your body and which foods don't. And that includes healthy foods as well as foods that we consider less healthy. So I was surprised. I got the results back. It basically shows me what foods jive with my body, which foods don't. And I was recently out with a friend for coffee and he was like, hey, yeah, I just recently took this test. I didn't tell you this. He's like, I just recently took this test it's called Viom. I was like, of course, I know Viom. He's like, oh, you know Viom too? <laughs> so funny. And I was like, can you pull it up on your phone? So he pulled up his results on his phone. I pulled up my results on my phone and it was completely opposite. So it was really mm -hmm. cool to see that, you know, arugula and salmon were superfoods for me, but for him, they were not. Oh. And yeah, and for me, the things to avoid are dark shade vegetables, cabbage veggies, and egg yolk show that I have a sensitivity to them, which is interesting because I literally can feel it in my gut that I had a sensitivity to them before I even took the test. So it's like your body already knows, but... So we actually have a code for you if you'd like to try Viome. It's at tryviome.com slash minimalists. And again, that's minimalist plural. And the test is usually $150 US. But if you use our link, you will get the test as well as probiotic supplements for $69.95. And I believe it asks you to sign up monthly, but you can just do the one-time purchase and cancel after. So there's that option as well. I do highly recommend taking it because it's helped me refine the foods that I eat or the foods that I buy in my cupboard. And it makes you feel better. Like knowing that those foods don't sit well in your stomach or may bloat you or may cause acne is good to know. And so I am on top of this and it, it's definitely a test that I highly recommend you take if, if you can. That sucks. You can't eat eggs. You love eggs. So I can eat eggs and I still oh. eat them. I just says, shows that I have sensitivity to them. So egg yolk, I have a sensitivity to, but I can still eat egg yolk. So I like scrambled eggs. It's, it's so crazy. Scrambled eggs sit fine in my stomach, but when it's a, a soft boiled egg and it's runny, um. that's when it feels weird in my stomach. So everyone's different. And even if something says I can't eat it, if I really love it, I still will. But then at least I know the consequences. I will get bloated or acne or whatever. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But it's cool. Uh, hopefully one day it, it comes, gets to the point where everyone just automatically gets a biome test as soon as they're born so that they know what foods go well with the body and what foods don't. And your body's always changing. Every year it's always changing. So the goal, the, the, that company recommends that you keep taking the tests, of course, so that you can see what your body, what works with your body now, what doesn't. So as we age, we change. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I need to take that. Yeah, no, for sure. You definitely should check it out, Lauren. And something else I, I incorporate in my everyday is mental exercise. So we always talk about clearing our minds, re removing the clutter, 
But we also should talk about exercising our minds. So something I like to do every day is, again, listen to podcasts and audiobooks because it challenges me. And something that I've gotten into recently is New York Times Wordle and mini crosswords. Have you heard of Wordle, Lauren? No. It is so much fun. (laughs) So New York Times, Wordle, Google it. It is so much fun. It just makes you think just like crossword puzzles make you think. So I try to do it every other morning. Now I've just started. I love it. My mom has been doing it forever. She says she loves it. And yeah, I just, and I'm learning new words. Wordle, you learn new words. You're like, oh, is that a word? You're like, wow. And then you have, then you Google it and then you start using the word. So anyways, it makes you smarter. And That's smart. Yeah. And then yeah. if they like reference something and you looked it up, you would learn about it. Yeah. I learned a couple words this week. So <laughs> it's really fun. I, I like the challenge and something else, of course, physical fitness. That's something that we definitely create more space for. So I love my berries workouts. You love your ballet. We both like to walk. I like to run. Uh, we both enjoy stretching and bar And something that crossed my mind recently, well, actually for the past year, a few years, I've always wanted to have a personal trainer because when it comes to weights, I'm not the best at it. And I find that the berries workouts show me, but I would love to have someone show me a regular routine that I can start doing on my own as well. And it's something that I'm like, oh, I can't really afford it. Like it's, it's expensive to have a personal trainer. So it's not conducive to my lifestyle right now, but we, we just, we just partnered with uh, a company called the future app. It's only available in the US, but it gives you access to a personal trainer for such a low cost. It's very cool. So basically it connects you with the personal trainer of your choice who builds customized workouts based on your goals and your needs and your location. And so I thought that was really cool. So you download the app, you fill in all the information about you and it connects you with the trainer and you do it virtually. And we got a code and you can go to tryfuture.co slash minimalist to get your first month for $19. So I was like, that is so cool just to try it. Again, it's US only. I would love to try it. I have a family member in the States who tried it and she's loving it. So it's something that I highly recommend if you are in the States. Yeah, that's amazing. A lot some YouTubers I watch have the virtual trainers and they love them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's cool is that you get to choose one around your goals, right? People who are specifically focused on the things that you want to achieve. I like that because there's more variety. I mean, like if I go somewhere locally, maybe they just do everything and it's not as specialized. So that's pretty cool. And I'm actually debating living elsewhere for a month as I can work from home and work from anywhere. So I might be living in the States for a month soon. So if I do that, I will definitely try it out myself. And lastly, I want to touch on with this lifestyle, I really like to prioritize my sleep. You realize the value in sleep. I used to pride myself on never sleeping. Like, oh, you can sleep when you're dead. Now it's like, <laughs> no, no, no. You need to sleep in order to feel good every day, to look better. I find that when I get 10 hours sleep, I look so much more youthful than when I get five or six. It's crazy how that can affect how you look. And a podcast I recommend and sleep scientist I recommend is Matthew Walker. He has a podcast, Matt Walker podcast. He is, uh, again, a scientist and a professor of neuroscience at University of California, Berkeley. And he navigates all your questions when it comes to sleep. He is the king of sleep. He talks about how caffeine affects your sleep. He talks about what to do if you have trouble staying asleep. 
And uh, I actually just sent it to my father because he has he has he has very very bad insomnia. So hopefully hoping that that helps him. But yeah, it's definitely changed my mindset. As a minimalist, you want more space and clarity, and you want to feel good every day. You're more mindful of that, and so creating that space to sleep is so important. I know that you're a big napper, Lauren, and you sleep like a baby everywhere. And I've always been jealous of that. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like when I'm going through stress, though, I definitely it hits my sleep. But two of the biggest things that are really important for sleep is having that schedule. Like I really try to go to bed at 10 and wake up at six, always, even weekends, unless like I really need to stay up past 10. I I do try to stick to that. And if you set an alarm for six or 7am every morning, you'll be tired at night. So if you Mm -hmm. get up to that alarm and you know, you're there all day, but yes, I am a big fan of my 20 minute power nap in the afternoon. It, um, it can drastically change how much work you can get done. I don't always get it, but if I can fit it in, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you got to time it though. Otherwise you'll be groggy and it'll backfire on you. You don't want to oversleep. No. Cause if you don't time it, you can wake up two hours later and then you can't fall asleep that night. And it just, so 20 minutes max and Yeah, you're good for the solid for the afternoon. Yeah, make sure you have that alarm on. Yeah. (laughs) I could totally see you doing that, Lauren. (laughs) Yeah, I wake up and I'm like, oh no. Oh my gosh, it's three in the afternoon. It was three in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, I've done that. (laughs) And now to close this episode, I wanted to just share just a few more areas that really correlate with the minimalist mindset. By living this way, we are also more mindful about being present being present with ourselves, but also others, uh, you know, being present with ourselves, the work that we do and getting into that flow state. We spoke about that a couple episodes ago, Lauren, where we talked about the importance of getting in that flow and, you know, having that deep focus in the work that we do. It's such a good feeling. And by having the space and clarity this lifestyle gives us, we're able to do that. And again, being more present with others, put your phone away, manage and silence your thoughts ask questions, ask people questions. I find that since I've lived this lifestyle, I am, I've really turned outwards because you're less focused on all the things in your life, because you kind of have clarity around that. You're able to go out in the world and connect with people and be more present and give them your attention. And, you know, you can always tell when you're speaking with someone and you can see that their mind is somewhere else while you're speaking with them. That is never a good feeling. See, we want to be able to be with others and and show that level of presence because it's going to make people feel really, really good and people feel seen. And, And I have a quote to share. It's by Dale Carnegie, American author. He says, to be interesting, be interested. I love that quote. A lot of people forget. To be interesting, be interested. Be interested in other people and other things happening in the world. Turn outward. Another area that this lifestyle inspires is it helps us be more curious, gives us a space to be more curious. You know, Lauren, you've you've taken on so many hobbies and so many new opportunities because you have this newfound space. It gives us the time to reflect, learn, grow, and it gives us the opportunity to take on new experiences that we may not have had the opportunity to previously. And again, we value experiences over things. We are less focus on buying added stuff that will take away our time and make us need more than we actually need. And now we're focused on prioritizing travel. So for me, like this year, it's like, I really want to prioritize travel and spending time with family and friends more than I do material goods. And lastly, 
this lifestyle really helps us live more consciously. So from how we run our lives, but also how we impact the environment, we are living more sustainably than ever, Lauren. Every every year I find that we're getting rid of things and adopting things and patterns and systems that are more sustainable. I think a lot of our listeners really care about the environment. And I love that. I love seeing that. I love seeing this change. I love seeing that my local grocery store no longer gives out plastic bags. These are good movements. I love seeing this. And I hope that our listeners around the world are also seeing that in in their cities as well. So true. And I feel like this lifestyle makes it so much easier to live environmentally too. And Mm -hmm. once you buy things that are reusable, it's so much cheaper to live too. You're not constantly having to buy plastic bags or Ziploc bags or, you know, everything. Once you switch to that reusable. There's now options out there, which is the best part. Like back in the day, we didn't have these options like beeswax uh, wrap for our veggies and food. It was always saran wrap. Now we have these other options, which is fantastic. And if you're interested in living a more conscious lifestyle, I do recommend our previous episode. It's episode 132, Don't Be Trashy with author Tara McKenna. So many great tips in there. And I highly recommend her book, which is called Don't Be Trashy. She goes into, she literally shows you, hey, these are the items that you own in your house. Here are the things that you can replace them with and use for a long, long time. I've started to use a Swedish cloth. Have you heard of this, Lauren? It's a Swedish cloth to wash your countertops. It's, and you can reuse it up to 80 to 90 times. And it just saves on paper towel. I used to be, my mom (laughs) says like, I'm the paper towel queen. I use so much paper towel, but now I do not. I'm getting so much better at that. That's so good. And You know, like you said, too, with this lifestyle, when you learn how to take care of yourself and prioritize your time and you simplify things, you can go out into the world and just be better and connect with people more. And it just makes life easier. Uh, Life is (laughs) so much easier. We we always, uh, for for our listeners here, we always hop on a call with each other, Lauren, and we always think about, gosh, our lives would be even more stressful if we had more stuff. Because, you know, we, yes, we have this lighter lifestyle, but we both still get stressed and anxious. Just we are human. So we have these challenges, but we're like, wow, thank goodness we don't have a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a minimalist and I'm stressed. Like, how do other people deal with it? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But this was a fun one, Lauren. I, we could go on and on and on about other ways this lifestyle has improved our lives and, all the tips and tricks that we have, but we will save that for a future episode. And if you have any lifestyle tips and tricks for us, definitely send us a line on our Instagram page at millennial minimalist or to our email at millennial minimalist at gmail.com. Yeah. I, we love hearing your tips. Oh, I, we just love hearing from you in general. And thank you to all of you who have written us a kind five-star rating and review on iTunes we absolutely love reading them. I'm always refreshing every day to see if a new one came in, just even a line or two, just to hear how much you're enjoying the podcast and what you've learned and some of maybe the lifestyle changes that you have made and how your life has improved. So yeah, that would be great. Yeah. A girl messaged me on Instagram and said she started doing ballet beautiful because I mentioned it on the podcast. It made me so happy. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I know it's just those little things that we say and maybe people can relate to it or maybe someone else can adopt it. Someone else will also adopted a bullet journal, the bullet journal method like me. And she's telling me how much has changed her life. So it's good to hear 
It's really good to hear your feedback and any episode topics that you have for us. We're definitely open to listening. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. And we will speak with you soon. Yeah. Thanks so much, everyone. Okay. Bye, Lauren. Bye.